Hello, everybody. Hello. We are back. Yes, we are. With more couple critique. So exciting. Super exciting. <laughs> this episode, we are going to be talking about something. Something. <laughs> <laughs> we are going just to be. Something. Yeah, just something. Anything. Yeah. We're just going to talk about life. Yeah, we're, we're good at that. Yup. <laughs> no, we're going to be talking about The Big Short. Yes. Which is a personal favorite movie of mine. It was, again, my first time watching something. Yes, as most of this podcast has been. Literally. Nisreen being cultured. We need to do more episodes where it's both of us watching something for the first time. Yeah, that's true. That's we we need to make that a goal for 2020. Like there definitely is some new stuff that we need to be doing. Yes, 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 yes. And now that you have my Plex, probably there's stuff on there we can be like, hey, let's watch this. Yeah. Yeah. And there's also like other things like Netflix and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so we're gonna talk about the Big Short, which. Uh, came out in 2015. It's written and directed by Adam McKay and is about these four kind of groups of guys who figured out that there was going to be a subprime mortgage crisis and that the housing bubble was eventually going to burst and there was a way to profit off of it. But as they kind of go deeper and deeper into figuring out what's going on, it just kind of gets more and more sad as we find out that maybe this mortgage crisis didn't come from the negligence of the banks and just their unknowingness, but maybe purposefully by them. And this movie stars Steve Carell, Christian Bale, Ryan Gosling, Brad Pitt, and a slew of other faces that you'll probably see in more stuff. Uh, ow. I just hit my knee on the desk. <laughs> and yeah, so first impressions, Nasreen. Since it was your first time watching it, you can go first. You just watched this movie. What was your kind of first impression of it? My first impression was that I was I was excited to watch this one mm-hmm. because I had ne- I hadn't really had a whole lot of information about what went on. Like, what the movie was talking about. I had not had a lot of information about that before. Yeah. No idea why no one ever talked about it. <laughs> I'm now, I want to go back to my parents and, like, ask them if they know about this because they've never said a word. But I know they were around for it. Yeah. So I don't know. But I liked it. I think the acting was very, very good. I think it was entertaining and informative, and I liked the way that they gave you the information. They didn't just automatically assume that the audience was going to understand. They were like, okay, here's a way to explain it without making this movie boring. Yeah. So I liked it. I think it was good. That's cool. When I watched this movie, I saw this movie when it came out in the theater with my dad. And I was so blown away by it. I was like, 
all I could do was quote the movie and like, I was obsessed. I had an obsession period with this movie. Really? Like a hardcore obsession period. Wow. Yes. I was like, this is the greatest movie of all time. That's not what I said, but um, I was like, I was like, this is everything I, I, and I had never even seen an Adam McKay movie before. Like, I had never seen any of the, I had never seen any of the Anchorman movies. I had never seen Step Brothers. I had never seen Talladega Nights. I had never seen all of the movies that got Adam McKay and Will Ferrell famous uh, as a duo. And then I just watched this movie because I thought it was cool. And I was like, oh, my God, Steve Carell and Brad Pitt and Christian Bale are all in this movie together. Like, how can I not go see this movie? And it was Ryan Gosling's first movie after he took his uh, two-year break from acting after he had kids. And I was like, I got to see this movie. And it blew my mind. And I was like laughing, and then it was sad and tragic at the end. And I would come home, and I came to school, and like I would just come to. I came to my business math teacher, and I would just tell her, I was like, "Shit, you have to watch this movie, Carrie. You have to watch this movie. It's so good." And then she watched it, and then she was like, "Eduardo, I need to talk to you." Not really like that, but I was at lunch, and I passed her, and she was like, "I saw it, Eduardo. It was insane. It was so good." And I was like, "Right." <laughs> but yeah. I was just, ah, uh, I fell in love with this movie the first time I watched it. And I bought it on Blu-ray when it came out. It was one of my earliest Blu-rays. And, uh, and I, my mind was just blown. And I watched it like a thousand times. I mean, I can't blame you. It was, it was pretty great. And how they would like, like you said, like the way they would deliver the information was entertaining. And like... Yes. Oh, there was so much. I remember I found myself just like, I can't believe I'm watching this. Like when I was in the theater watching it. Yeah. It was a lot of moments of me just going, I can't even believe someone's doing this. Like what genius came up with the idea to do this? Yeah, it was really, really creative. Yeah. Loved it. They were like, here's Margot Robbie in a bubble bath to explain it to you. Yes, and then she would show up, and then you were like, oh my god, that's actually freaking Margot Robbie in a bubble bath. Yeah, literally. And then, oh, and then she like spoke, and like her, it was weird hearing her Australian accent because I completely forgot she was Australian. Mm-hmm. And I was like, holy crap, I forgot about this. But she delivered it so well. She was so cool. Like, her like, part in the movie, I think, was one of my favorite parts because she just did it so nicely. Yeah, I remember that being, like, I was literally, like, whoa. What yeah. killed me, though, was when he was, like, when they were in the boardroom and he's explaining to them tranches and CDOs, and he goes, a collateralized debt obligation. It's very important to understand because it's what allowed a housing crisis to become a worldwide economic disaster. Here's world-famous chef Anthony Bourdain to explain. And then, <laughs> and then it cuts to Anthony Bourdain. Rip Anthony Bourdain, by the way. Rest in peace. Anthony Bourdain in the kitchen, and he's, like, going through it, and he's talking about the fish and the seafood stew. Uh-huh. And I was literally, like, I'm watching Anthony Bourdain use fish 
old fish at a restaurant. The man who wrote Kitchen Confidential, who knows about all this stuff, to literally explain to me how collateralized debt obligations work. It was mind-blowing to me. I know. It was crazy. Uh, it's just so good. Oh, my God. Selena Gomez and the other guy. Yes, with the gambling. Yes, and the, the and he, oh, and explaining, the, like, the, the, the free throw fallacy. And then was- the... And then what a synthetic CDO is, which is bets on top of CDOs. That was nuts. That was. Ah. Oh. Ah, oh, man. Freaking. <laughs> it's so good. I just watched it. Oh, man. This movie's just awesome. It is. It really is. Yeah. I was. Yeah, I don't know. I just. This is a movie that is. It's one of those movies that, like. Like, when I first saw it, because I was, like. This is around the time where I was like, where film was serious to me, right? And I was uh-huh. discovering a lot of things for the first time. And this was like obviously revolutionary because um, it's something that doesn't really get done as well as it was done in this movie with fourth wall breaks and like being meta or whatever. Yeah. And um, like that's a movie that like forever like changes how I write and create and see movies. Wow. Yeah. Like, I'm not the same person because I saw that movie. That's a big deal. Yeah, yeah. There was a lot of those that year. That, The Revenant, and the and the Spotlight were, like, the three big movies that year. Oh, Spotlight was good. Yeah, yeah. That was, like, when that movie won Best Picture, I almost thought it wasn't going to happen because... Uh, the Revenant won Best Director. And statistically, if you win Best Director, you're more than likely to win Best Picture. Yeah. And I was, and me and Lily, we were sitting in our living room watching the Oscars, and I was like, oh, Spotlight's got to win. If it doesn't win, I'm going to flip out. <laughs> There's no way. I was like, if Spotlight doesn't win, I'll be so upset because that's, that's like the movie that deserves to win. Yeah. And um, and Lily was like, and then Alejandro Gonzalez and Uritu won Best Director, and this was literally he won Best Director the year before too, for uh, for Birdman, which was like wild. Um, so it was like this was also one of the few times in history where a director has won Best Director back to back years at the Oscars, and um, it was just like I was just like, oh my god, if Spotlight doesn't win. And then it won. And then I was like, yo, this is the greatest day ever. What else? Oh, Mad Max Fury Road was that year too. That was a crazy Oscars because Mad Max Fury Road literally won like the first six Oscars of the night. Wow. They won like all the design and sound design. They won like literally all the set design, sound design Oscars, all the like, uh, uh, like, I don't know if they won visual effects that year. But they might have. They, I'm pretty sure they did. Like they literally won like six six Oscars in a row, and it was like, oh my god, does anybody stand a chance? And that was one of the movies that was like everybody was thinking that might be the dark horse of the night, and that Mad Max Fury Road could go home with Best Picture. Oh. Because it was also nominated for Best Picture and Best Director. Which was another big crazy thing because action movies like never get nominated at the Oscars. 
true. You don't hear about that much. No, like Avatar was literally the last one to do it before Mad Max Fury Road. So it was literally like, holy crap, is Mad Max this fourth film in a franchise about to just come in and sweep at the Oscars? It was nuts. Yeah. And if it, and yeah, and then there was a, there was also like, is George Miller going to win Best Director? Because he was like old and it was like he came back. He had like a hard comeback. Because remember those Happy Feet movies? Oh my gosh, yes. Yeah, he did those. <laughs> you, know, you know what he said um, about if, some, if he would make a Happy Feet 3? Yes, I do. Oh, you do? I probably uh-huh. sent it to you. No, I found, I found this before. Oh, yeah. If you put a gun to my head and <laughs> said make Happy Feet 3, I'd say shoot me. <laughs> But you know what else he's responsible for? Babe, one of my favorite movies. Oh, yeah. I love Babe. Um, Wait, you said Bane or Babe? Babe, Babe. Oh. You know about Babe? It's the one with the pig, right? Yes, yes, yes. That movie's awesome. I don't, I don't think I've ever seen it. <gasps> I've seen Charlotte's Web. That's not even close to Babe. Oh. <laughs> We have to, we're doing Babe for 2020. You guys heard it here first. What is Babe? It's about a pig. I know it's about a pig, but what is so special about this pig? You just watch his journey and he talks to the animals and all the animals talk to each other. And it's like, it's kind of like a fairy tale book, but like as a movie. It's so good. When we watch it, you're going to be like, oh my God. When I was a kid, I watched Babe all the time. Okay, I'll it give was, it a try. It was like literally my favorite movie. Wow. I rewatched it on Netflix a couple of years ago, and I was literally like, this movie's better than I remember it being. Dang, okay, yeah, we're going to have to watch this one. Yeah, Babe is awesome. But anyway, it might be, even be on Netflix right now. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Um, back to the movie we're supposed to be talking about. <laughs> yeah, we are. But uh, this movie won Best uh, Adapted Screenplay at the Oscars that year. It was a book. Yes, yes, yes. It was uh, a book by Michael Lewis, who also wrote The Blind Side. I don't know if you ever saw that movie. I have. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I like it. You like it? Yeah. I need to watch it again. I know I own it on DVD. It's been a while, but I remember also enjoying that. I saw that movie in theaters. I remember enjoying that movie uh, when I rewatched it, I think. Yeah. That's one it's, of those just like it's feel good. Yeah, it's it's one of those. It's like you pull it out when you get tired of looking how sad the world is and you need something a yeah. little happier. That movie was the Best Picture nominee too, but I remember everybody being like, why is this movie even in the race? <laughs> oh, but yeah. But he won, and in Adam McKay's speech, he was like, and uh, don't give your money to weirdo billionaires who live alone in condos and high-rises. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like, dang. He just roasted, like, most of the people in the room right now. Didn't you have an interaction? Or uh, was that a, with him, or was that a different Adam? Nope, it was with Adam McKay. I had an interaction with Adam McKay on Instagram. <laughs> it was, that's what I thought it was. Do you want to tell that story? I was just on Instagram, and he made a... Okay. 
this we're about to lose followers right now, but he made a post about Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren and how they were the two real progressive candidates at the be running for president that he endorsed and he is like they're the two that we need. Anybody who knows me knows that I don't like Elizabeth Warren. And anybody who knows me knows that I used to be a, a Bernie bro, but I'm not for Bernie as much as I used to be because I have some libertarian values that I don't think Bernie uh, would appreciate. And um, and I don't appreciate some of his more socialist values. Anyway, so I was like, somebody had said, I can't remember what I said. Oh, I said, what about Tulsi? And then... um. And then this, I got into an argument with this guy on Instagram about Tulsi Gabbard. Mm-hmm. And, and, like, he was using the same CIA talking points that CNN and MSNBC use all the time to smear her. And then Adam McKay jumped in, which was completely unexpected. And a lot of people don't know, well, they should know this, because Adam McKay used to write political articles. Um, and he also was a writer for SNL. And, um, anyway... But he was like, Tulsi supports torture that immediately disqualifies her for me. And then I was like, where did he even get that from? So then I had to go do a Google search and then immediately disproved his point with my Google search. And then I replied back telling him what she actually said about torture and how she said it was a last resort like last last resort, right? Uh, and then I never got a response back, so maybe he was hurt. Probably not. It's Adam McKay. He's got like millions of dollars. He doesn't need to listen to somebody like me. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So that was so that happened, which was kind of wild because you little, never ex- you never expect, especially someone who's like a directing writing idol of yours, right? Adam McKay is one of the people who make me want to make movies. So I never expected, like, one of my heroes, essentially, to, like, respond to me on Instagram and then prove the phrase correct, never meet your heroes. But <laughs> it's, 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 like, kind of sad that it went that way and a little disappointing. But still, you had an interaction with him. You yes. talked to him. Yes, yes, yes. That's still pretty cool. Yeah, it was interesting. I just wish the conversation was more, like, I wish it was more of a conversation. But he's also a busy man. Yeah. But it was just cool. It was cool. Adam McKay replied to me on Instagram. That's kind of like... How many like, people can see that? No, no. That's like when Diane Keaton liked my Instagram comment on her photo. which Yeah. Which blew my mind as well. I don't know if I... I don't know if... Were you around for that? Yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. Because I it feels like so long ago when that happened. No, you. I think you sent me a picture of it or something. Yeah, yeah. I passed that in my in my Google Photos yesterday, and I was like, <gasps> <laughs> but anyway. Um, so yeah, so he won the so he won best writing for that, and uh, so here's the bi- so this is a big ensemble cast movie, right? It is. There's a lot of people in this movie, just like how there was millions of people in Spotlight. <laughs> Um, who is your favorite character in this movie and why? That's always what I like to ask people about this movie. Um, 
before I say the favorite character, you know Brad Pitt's character reminded me a lot of you. Oh my gosh. He really did. Or like, maybe not how you are exactly right now, but like what you could end up becoming. Yo, just like a paranoid <laughs> yes. person. He's like, you can't use this phone line. He grows everything organic. He like is a very private person. He's like off like, the grid. Yeah, that's you. Yeah. Or that's what you have the potential to be in the future. Yeah, I aspire to be as free as Brad Pitt is in that movie. Yeah. Okay, I I can see it. (laughs) Watching it, and I was like... The second you said that, I immediately knew where you were going with that. Just based on the conversations we've had, I'm like, this could possibly be as Eduardo as an adult. (laughs) Like, just just maybe. (laughs) That That is entirely possible. He's like, seeds are going to be the new currency. Bro. If you start buying seeds, I'm going to say I told you so. Yo. Oh, my gosh. I would love to have a garden. I think you need a permit for it, though, which is stupid. You need a permit for a garden? I think so. In some places. I think you need a permit to, like, grow vegetables. That's the weirdest rule. Yeah. Tell, Tell that to the government. Yeah, the government makes a lot of stupid rules. Mm-hmm. I'm kidding. Anyway. Um, favorite character. Probably either Steve Carell's character or Ryan Gosling's character. Oh. oh. I think those were my favorite. Oh. They're really good. They were really good. They have such good chemistry when they work on screen together. Yo, facts, right? Also, like, they're so good. This one and Crazy Stupid Love, like, they're so good. I want more of them. Yes. And Steve Carell, he had, I don't, I don't think he was, yeah, he didn't get nominated for this movie. Brad, um, 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 Christian Bale did uh, for this. But I remember, and he was nominated the year before at the Oscars for the movie Foxcatcher. And I remember being like, if they don't if they don't nominate Steve Carell for this movie, I'm gonna riot. And they didn't, but they did nominate Christian Bale, who I still think has the best performance in this movie. He he did really yeah he did amazing. I we I made a short film. You've seen it, the classroom where we did like that office parody. Yes. Yeah, and my whole character was based off of his character. Oh my gosh, that makes so much more sense now. Right? That explains everything. Just like my awkwardness. It explains everything. And how I would deliver my lines. That was yeah. my that was my attempt at doing what he was doing. Okay. I see. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm really happy I know that. Yeah. Wait, why? <laughs> so confused before you're like did Eduardo used to be like this <laughs> no I was like I can't tell I didn't know if you were just doing it I figured you were doing it on purpose I didn't know why I didn't know why you were acting as awkward as you were in that little film well that's why I don't know I've, I, that's the only time I've seen you act so I don't no, wow, know. that's right. That is the only time you've seen me act. I've always seen you behind the camera, but that's the only time I've seen you do something. 
Yeah, I know. I'm not. Th- I'm not great. <laughs> but, but yeah. So wait, that's huh? a lie. What? Uh, you're the Batman one and a good death. I've oh, seen you act. Okay. Never mind. Yeah, but that's not real acting. That was like. That was that was me. Like, I just need to get through this. <laughs> you were. I could. Okay, in Batman, there wasn't a bunch, but you did stuff in a good death. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Generic robber person. <laughs> but yeah, so so Steve Carell or Ryan Gosling, why? I liked the way Ryan Gosling just like portrayed himself as the narrator and as a character. Like, he was really funny. Yeah. And he, de- I don't know, I just like the way he delivered. Yeah, it. I can feel it, that look you're giving me. It's palpable. <laughs> <laughs> or his energy when he's in the gym and he's like, he gets off the phone, he's like, yes, and he's just like giving everybody high yeah. fives. <laughs> just such a fun person, I feel like. I'm jacked. I'm jacked to the tits. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, you get the Sunday. I get the sprinkles and maybe the cherry, but you get the fucking Sunday. <laughs> oh no, Nesri. <laughs> I have to put an explicit label on this episode now. You and my dad, dang it. My dad my dad did that in the episode of our podcast. And I was like, dang it, Dad. <laughs> Sometimes it just happens, man. I know, I know. Yeah. But he was oh, he was he's awesome in that movie. Oh, uh, that he's like, and he, what's what's that smell? You smell it? What's that smell? Your cologne? No. What what's that smell? Opportunity? No. Money. <laughs> I smell money. <laughs> he was so mean to that guy. <laughs> you know that guy was just an extra, and they liked his energy so much that they gave him that role. That's awesome. He wasn't even supposed to be in the movie. That's so cool. <laughs> he was just Imagine a... your your energy is just so amazing that you get to stand next to Ryan Gosling and suck up to him for an entire movie. Bro. Oh my gosh, my favorite Ryan Gosling line in that movie that me and this guy at my church quote to each other all the time. <clears throat> Where he's like, like, are you sure of the math? Look at that. That's my quant. You what? <laughs> my quantitative. My math specialist. Look at him. You notice anything different about him? Look at his face. That's racist. Look at his eyes. Let me give you a hint. His name's Yang. He won a national math competition in China. He doesn't even speak English. So yeah, I'm sure of the math. (laughs) I was watching that scene, and I had the vivid recollection of you just quoting that entire section when we went to the MFA. He's so good. He's so good. I freaking love him in that movie. And then the dude broke the fourth wall, and he was like, I do speak English, and I came in second in that yeah, competition. Yeah, Jared likes to say I don't because it makes me seem more authentic. <laughs> I loved every single time they broke the fourth wall. It was great, right? Like, I loved that they had that in there. It just made the movie so much more fun to watch. Yes. Or like when Jamie was like, this part isn't actually accurate. We didn't just find the research notes in the lobby. Yeah. Really? 
He knew a guy that gave us a call because he knew another guy who worked at Jared's office. <laughs> yeah, it was like, yeah, I don't know. I just, yeah. I like he did that. That was awesome. I love that. Um, yeah. yeah. I think my favorite character, I don't know. It might be Steve Carell's character. Or it might, it used to be Ryan Gosling's character. Uh-huh. I used to, I was like, Ryan Gosling is the greatest actor of all time. Hands down. No competition. <laughs> but no. But um, I don't know. I have a really hard time because I love everybody in this movie so much. Christian Bale, though, his character might be my favorite still a little bit. No, no, no. That's a lie. I'm I forget everything I'm saying. Steve Carell is my favorite character because Steve Carell and me I feel I vibe with Steve Carell in that movie. The just sheer anger he has about this stuff. Like I feel it when he feels it. Yeah. And he was like, when 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 um he was like, I'm unhappy. And then uh and then and then um and then his wife's like, but you're happy when you're unhappy. Yeah, exactly. And I was literally like, that's so that's I I understand that feeling. So much. I'm happy when I'm unhappy. <laughs> like, just knowing that you're onto something terrible that makes you sad. Yeah. But you're still happy that you know. It's like a complicated relationship. Well, yeah, because you don't want to... You know that you don't want to be the kind of person that's ignorant and just walking around not knowing things and just going with the flow. Yeah. So that makes you happy that you're not like that. But at the same time, it's like knowledge is not the most positive thing all the time. Yeah. Um, the knowledge is power. And, um, but you know that whole story with him and his brother, right? Mm-hmm. His brother who kills himself. Oh, spoilers, by the way. <laughs> that's all that's episode happened. isn't spoilers. I know, that's true. You should just expect spoilers if you listen to this show. Um, So the real uh, Mark Baum story is a little bit more tragic. Oh, boy. Because it may have actually been like, I think he was sleeping with his baby in the same bed as him and his wife, and he turned over and smothered his baby in his sleep. (gasps) Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. So. Not sleep with your babies in the same bed. No, but the crib next to your bed. Yes. Yeah. So that was. Yeah. Oh, that's horrible. (laughs) Yeah, which just fits into the theme of this movie being is a is a tragedy disguised as a comedy. Mm -hmm. This movie is just absolutely horrendously, atrociously sad. It, it really is. Uh, when you watch it. Like, when you get that first that first kind of realization you get. Because the movie has, like, a really good energy throughout all of it. It's very energetic and, like, entertaining. But uh-huh. remember when after uh, those two guys, I can't believe I'm forgetting their names, and they're leaving and uh, with Brad Pitt, and they're in Vegas because everybody ends up in Vegas. Except oh, for Jamie and Charlie. Yeah, Jamie and Charlie. And they're dancing. 
And then Brad Pitt's like, and Brad Pitt's like, you know what I hate about banking? It reduces people to numbers. You want to hear a number? Every every one percent unemployment goes up. Forty four thousand people die. And then you're just like, oh shoot. And then that's like your first, that's one of the things that was cool about Brad Pitt's characters. He is like the, the person that brings it to the, like, like he, 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 cause the whole movie is kind of, you're looking at numbers and you're thinking about numbers and you're like, oh, these people are going to make a lot of money. And Brad Pitt's character is like, but think of how this affects people. Right. And then you get that. And then Charmy, Charlie and Jamie go, and then they're like. I, I, I just got a little scared. Yeah, I mean, how could you not? Yeah. And then you're literally, and then you just think about just, after that happens, and then you're just like, holy crap. Like, it's about to get real in mm-hmm. this movie right now. And I just, ah. Uh, that there's I love those moments like that when it's just like okay but let's bring it right back down for a second. Yeah. Let's we're having too much fun right now. Let's just let's put a let's put a reality stamp on this real quick. Exactly. And I love that. And there's a lot of like people in this movie that are like those guys like people you've seen and stuff before, but as small roles. Uh-huh. Like uh, the guy who tells Mike Burry when um, when he's like, "We have no confidence in your ability to identify macroeconomic trends." The fat guy who's always talking to him. Yeah, I think that's Tracy Letts. I think so. He's he's also he plays a, a Henry Ford the second in uh, Ford versus Ferrari, which also has Christian Bale. (laughs) And um, yeah, so like him or like Jamie or like uh, the guy who, um, the bald guy, remember he's like, he also lost his father to a violent crime. I don't like to talk about that. Um, He's in Succession, which is a show that's actually produced by Adam McKay, which is interesting. Yeah, and this movie is weird because then there's a lot of movies that you look at afterwards and you go, oh, that person was in the big short. That person was in the big short. That person was in the big short. So many people were in this movie. Yeah, and the cast is so big. And then on top of it, you have celebrity cameos that are blatant, that they literally are like, these are celebrity cameos. Yes. (laughs) They don't even like pretend like they're not celebrity cameos. They're not, like, disguised as characters in the movie. They just are who they are, which I appreciated. I know. I, I like that way of doing it. And I like the editing in this movie. Um, mm-hmm. Hank Corwin, I believe, did the editing for this movie. He also did the editing for Vice. And Mad Max Fury Road won Best Editing this year. I th- That year, I think. And, um, man, Hank Corwin gets snubbed every time. Hank Corwin also didn't win Best Editing for Vice. He lost to Bohemian Rhapsody, which is the most... Dang, abs- what? Yeah. Vice didn't get Best Editing either. And That's great. But that one, the editing was amazing in Vice. You almost would think more so that that movie would get the Best Editing Oscar. 
Yeah, just because of how different and creative the style was. Yeah. Like with the game board pieces. Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty cool. Yeah, but nope. <laughs> Interesting. Nothing. Oh, I don't understand why. And I saw the movie. Huh? Then that's true, and you actually saw it. I've seen, yeah, I watched it, and I was literally like, did that movie win Best Picture? Wait, hold on a second. I don't even remember what won Best Picture last year. 2019 Oscar winners. You called that one, too. Oh, no, it was Green Book. It was Green Book. I do remember saying that Green Book was going to win, probably. I remember when we went to see Jurassic World and the, the Bohemian Rhapsody trailer came on and you watched it and you were like, meh. It looked terrible. And it sucked. <laughs> it was a sucky movie. It's unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah, I remember saying Green Book. I said it was either going to be Green Book or... um. A Star is Born that was going to win Best Picture. Yeah. And it was Green Book. That that was such a weird year because it was literally like, what is going to win? It could be anything. <laughs> yeah. That's what it felt like. I was like, it literally could be anything could win this year. There are a lot of options. Huh? A lot of options. Yes. But what, what Bohemian Rhapsody, Rami Malek won Best Actor. And I remember being upset because Christian Bale... As Dick Cheney right. should have won Best Leading Actor, and he did not. That's crazy. He won the Golden Globe for it, but he didn't. And the Golden Globe basically means nothing. What but, were the other options for Best Actor? Um, 2019 Best Actor. Come on, gosh dang it. Ugh. Hold on, guys. <laughs> I got oh, this. I, I have a question while that loads. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you, these people who are trying to make money off the crisis that was happening during mm-hmm. the big short, uh-huh. do you see them as the bad guys? Like, quote, unquote, the bad guys? I was literally just thinking about that. I literally was, you literally, like, pulled that out of my head. Because we talked about this in philosophy last semester, and she played us a small clip from the movie, and she was using them as an example of, like, morally wrong behavior. See? So I'm wondering what your thoughts are on this. So, in watching the movie, okay, so there, the movie doesn't even say that it's not a complicated thing, even. Because if you remember, there's that scene with Marissa Tomei and Steve Carell. And she's like, you're not a saint. Saints don't live on Park Avenue. Yeah. And you're like, dang. And then, um, but you like rooting for these guys because they're getting over on the system that has consistently been getting over on us. Right? Right. You're like, it's about time someone effed with the bank's money. But at the same time. Like, are they any better than the banks for getting this money? And I guess 
I don't know. Because you can, because because I guess it would depend on what they did with the money. That's true. Because then they were like Robin Hood. And here's the, and like Robin Hood's complicated too, because Robin Hood's a thief, right? But he's stealing from the rich and giving to the poor. And I guess, and you know, I guess you can kind of see that either way because you're like, does Robin Hood's quest to steal from the rich and give to the poor ultimately make the poor's journey harder in the long run? Because eventually, what are the rich going to do? Retaliate. Right. So, I see Brad Pitt's character as a good person. I see Steve Carell's character as a good person. Ryan Gosling's character is not a good person. No. Christian Bale's character is a good person. Um and I think that when you get that moment is when he decides to close down the fund. Yeah. Because that's when he decides I have to walk away from being a tentpole financial institution because ultimately it eats away at the soul. Um, Jamie and Charlie are not good people. Um, and those guys are, I don't know, they're all, they all exist in like a gray, but some of them, but I would say that Jamie and Charlie and Ryan Gosling are more on the bad side than the good side, because they're ultimately just opportunists. Yeah, their whole thing was, they were just trying to make a good deal for themselves. Yeah, and even though they have that realization, and they get upset, and they even try to go to the, you know, the newspaper at that point in the movie, Mm -hmm. that doesn't change what their goal was, though. And it's not like they stopped. No. It's not like, oh, we realize the true weight of what's happening here. Yeah. And we're not going to make this decision. But you still, but at the same time, though, you still agree with their, ultimately their decision to hurt the banks by shorting what they own is still like, you want to cheer for that because, yeah, that's revenge. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, did that help anybody else? No, not really, just them. No. So, I don't yeah. know. What do you think? I, I'm, I'm pretty much on the same page. Like, I think I had an easier time viewing Steve Carell's character and Christian Bale's character as good people because yeah. you could tell that they were looking at the big picture. Yeah weren't just seeing this as a numbers thing and they weren't just seeing it as a way to make money. Like, they were affected by what was happening. Yeah. More so than everyone else. Like, you could see how much it was weighing on Steve's character. Especially in that ending scene that he has. Yeah. Like, and that that was, like, the moment where I think, like, you just know, no, where that, okay, Steve Carell is ultimately a good character because he refuses to sell for so long and he's like, I want to make them bleed. And you're like, okay, for him, this isn't about the money. This is, these people have been hurting us for so long, and this is my time to make them hurt. This is my time to twist the knife on them like they've been doing to us. Exactly. And I think if you want to look at it from a philosophy point of view or from a like a moral ethics point of view, then, yeah, what they did wasn't correct, I guess. If you're looking at it from that point of view. Yeah. But at the time I can't say I necessarily disagree with what they did 
Yeah. That's not like, like I can't blame them. I can't a hundred percent say that I disagree with them or that I wouldn't be tempted to do the same thing. You know what I mean? I mean, look, if, if, if I came across, Hey, you could short all of this and eventually these financial institutions are going to collapse and you're going to be rich. I'd be like, where do I sign? Right. But then what's ultimately going to happen. Yeah. What's ultimately going to be the judge of, of my character is what I decide to do with all the money that I make from that. That's true. And whether or not I'm going to help the people who are hurt by the, by what they were doing and stuff like that, because obviously we're all upset, right? We're all upset by the government and banking and big pharma and weapons manufacturers and big oil and stuff like that. Now, when you get the chance to hurt them, are you going to be selfish about it the way they've been selfish? Or are you going to do something with that to help other people? Yeah. Oh, and to answer, so the best actors for that year that Rami Malek won. Yeah. Rami Malek, Christian Bale, Bradley Cooper, Viggo Mortensen, and Willem Dafoe. Oh, okay. Yes. I was just curious. I was thinking it was either going to be Bradley Cooper or Christian Bale, but then somehow we gave Rami Malek the freaking Oscar. Which I don't get because I was borderline insulted by his Freddie Mercury performance. <laughs> really? Yeah, a little bit. Interesting. I was like, this is painfully gay. Painfully gay? What does that mean? Like, Freddie Mercury was like gay. And this felt like, and like he was flamboyant, but this almost felt like a cartoon. It was exaggerated too much. Oh, a little bit. I was like, I was like, I don't even know if I believe Freddie Mercury would have said been like that. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, yeah, I don't know. And then I was like, where's all the other Queen people's issues? There are none because they're the ones who are alive, and Freddie Mercury isn't. <laughs> yeah, sadly, that's. And then they low key blame all the band's problems on Freddie Mercury. <laughs> It wasn't. It was whack. And then my boss said, when the movie ended, he was like, I was literally, I was visibly upset by the movie. Yeah. And then he was like, say one good thing about the movie. And I was like, I liked when they played Super Freak, the party. <laughs> I didn't even, I didn't even say it was a Queen song that I liked. It was some random oh. other song. Yikes. Yeah. But anyway, here's my question for you. Okay. Oh, yeah. You said you had questions. Yes. This or Vice, what is your favorite of the two post-comedy Adam McKay films? Huh. Thoughts. Deep, deep, in-depth thinking. Well, I want I want to make sure that I think about both movies before I give an answer. Yes, he should. I kind of I I want to say this one. Yeah. I think. Yeah, I think this one was my favorite out of the two. That's most people's answer. Not because I think Vice was lower in quality, 
um, I don't know, it was just more enjoyable watching it for me. I can understand that. And I'm like, for as a movie, I do, however, think that Vice should be like a necessary watch for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> because that information is just like vital to have. Yeah. So I think they're both equally important movies. Mm-hmm. I think just as far as entertainment goes, The Big Short. Prob- probably I would rewatch The Big Short more than I would rewatch Vice. Yeah. I can see that. Um, when I rewatched this movie, I'd forgotten how good it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have to say, some if I'm going to say something in this movie between this and Vice, this movie feels a lot more on, on like, on hinge, right? Like, calculated in terms of how it was done, I think. It feels a lot more like careful, I think, even with its even with its crazy editing, right? I feel like this movie does a lot it's a lot more like restrained feeling. And I think at times that makes this movie an easier watch than Vice's at points. Probably. And there's poor and this movie does a like a an interesting like even the way the jump between comedy and the dramatic is. Like, I don't remember if you remember that scene in the beginning of the movie where the guy goes to Michael Burry's office and uh, he's talking to him and he's like, why? And he's like, he said something like, it's going up. And then you, like it becomes slow motion and then it goes into like that story about his childhood mm-hmm. with him in the eye. Like that was just, I don't know. There's just things like that that I think about and I go, that was, there's, I don't know. <laughs> there's portions of this movie where I'm like, dang, that's like, that's masterful. And there's portions of Vice that I feel like that too, but I feel like I go back and forth. But this movie yeah. at times I feel is more careful. Like Vice is a very angry movie. That's true. And you can tell when you're watching it. And I have nothing against like that movie being angry, but it leads to like a less reserved feeling movie and a less like... um carefully put together feeling movie at points. Yeah. And this movie feels like so carefully put together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it feels almost it feels like every detail of this movie was meticulously stressed over how they were going to do it. Yeah, it's much more structured. Yeah. So also, Vice was just kind of like, look at what this guy did. <laughs> How dare he? How dare he? <laughs> oh, my goodness. But, yeah, I don't know. I can't, I don't know. I feel like I look at them kind of the same a little bit. Mm-hmm. I feel like because I've seen The Big Short recently, more recently than I've seen Vice, I'm almost leaning big short because I have a recency bias. I think, yeah. But I've watched both those movies. Well, that's not true. I watched Vice way more than I watched The Big Short. I was going to say, you watched that over and over. You were listening to the soundtrack. Like, (laughs) you got a lot of inspiration from that movie. Yeah, Vice definitely hit a note for me that I, like that I didn't know I even had in my body when I was watching it. Uh-huh. 
So, I don't know. I guess I would say Vice just because I've definitely watched it a lot more. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Great movies. Very, very much, yes. Yes. So, uh, I think we can conclude with a favorite scene and then a rating. Oh, yes. Favorite scene. Favorite scene. What was your favorite scene? I think uh, that whole Vegas part was my favorite thing in that whole movie. When they go there, because that's when you really get, like, the levity of this situation. Like, things come hammering down on you. And there's that scene, that amazing scene where Mark Baum is talking to that Asian guy. And he's telling them about synthetic CDOs and everything that goes on. And, oh, yeah. And then, um, and then Ryan Gosling's uh, um, uh, um, voiceover comes in as Mark Baum, like, puts his hand in his hair and he comes out. And he was like, it was at that moment in that stupid restaurant with that, with that, with that banker guy where Mark Baum realized it may not just be America, but the entire world's economy might collapse. And then yeah. you're just like, holy crap. <laughs> it's a pretty crazy moment. Yeah, I love that moment is like, that might be my favorite moment in the entire movie is just that moment of just that freeze frame and the entire world's economy might collapse and just seeing Steve Carell like that. And then he leaves and then this, the guys are like, where are you going? And he goes, I'm going to go try and find redemption at the roulette table. And he's like, short everything that guy's ever touched. And then, and then, um, and Ryan Gosling's like, are you sure? The, 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 the whatever might bankrupt you. And he's like, I'm positive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what about you? Um, oh man, I just had it and I lost it. Oh boy. Dude, hang on. Well, I did like the scene that we talked about where um, they were dancing and Brad Pitt helped them to realize, like, how serious it was. Yeah. Oh, no, one scene. It was a small scene, but I think it helped show, like, how, I don't know, like, because when you're watching this number, you get caught up, not this number, you get watched this movie, you get <laughs> caught up with the numbers. Yeah. And you don't really stop and always think about the little people that are going to get affected by this. So when the guy goes to the house and he's like looking for the landlord because he's oh, not paying yeah. and the guy's like, wait, please don't tell me I have to move, man. My son just got started at school. And he's like, is everything going to be okay? He's like, I've been paying. I swear I've been paying. It's like, it's not his fault that things are going to fall apart. He's doing everything he's supposed to be doing, but he's still going to get the short end of the stick. And then you see that family people. living out of their car later in yes. the movie. And I hate it. And yeah, that know, was I, that was painful to watch. the The most recent time I watched the movie, that yeah. was like very painful scene to see. That that hit hard. Yeah, and then there's that little levity that you get when they go to the pool and the alligator is in there. Uh-huh. And they're like, "F that!" and they run away. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh! You know what I love though? Um, Rafe Spall. I think that's his name. The guy who was always like happy. 
And um, he's like, he's he's like, yeah, I have this lump on my ball. It's almost the size of a third testicle. <laughs> he's like, he's like, I went to the doctor and said, I have a, I have a enlarged epididymis. And then it was like showing it, like the the dotted line and like what it is on the screen. Uh-huh. I freaking love stuff like that. Like that was just funny. And I like their whole interactions together. Him and uh, him and that the other the tall guy. Yeah. Can you not be chipper? Chipper? Is that what I'm I'm just I'm just being me. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. It was. Yeah. They that that whole team together that Mark Baum had was just hilarious. It really was. They were like perfect group. Oh my gosh, when Christian Bale goes to buy all the short to short all that stock and um and and he, and they play Shake Your Money Maker. Uh-huh. And there, and he's just like going all. I love the editing in that scene of just him going bank to bank. He's like going to Deutsche and Goldman Sachs, and he's just getting all the stuff. And they're like thinking that he's a fool or whatever. And they're all laughing him out of the office. Yeah, exactly. Can I can I take this mug? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just like the mug. Yeah, t- t- for my son. Yeah, take two. Take two. <laughs> <laughs> it's freaking so good. It's so good. Mm-hmm. So, um, out rating. Of, rating out of 10. I want to give it like, like an 8.5. An 8.5? Whoa, that's low. That's not what I thought you were going to say. <laughs> like 8.5 to a 9. That's like, that's my rating. Wow. <laughs> this is a 10 out of 10 for me. I'm not going to lie. I can see that. I have like literally zero problems with this movie. I think this is like virtually a perfect movie. Mm-hmm. You know, it's weird. This movie was like a little controversial for people because they didn't like the style of the movie. Really? I remember watching a lot of reviews when it came out and people being like, yeah, I don't know. I didn't like the editing. <laughs> oh, well, they're just not used to it. Maybe. And I was like, that was one of the best parts of the whole movie. What are you talking about? You don't like the editing. You don't like the editing. I'm like that was a that was literally one of the most fun things about this movie. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Ten out of ten for me though. I never get tired watching this movie. I think it's great. Okay. Yep. So, thank you guys for tuning into another episode of Couple Critique. Yes. Uh, we love making this podcast for you guys. And uh, if you want to support us, there should be a support link in the descriptions of all our episodes. If not, I'm going to get on that and fix that. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, and uh, it's Star Wars month next month. So we we will literally be talking about every Star Wars movie on the lead up to Rise of Skywalker. And then that should be the last episode we do for the month. Yes, the whole, I think the last episode will be Rise of Skywalker or maybe The Mandalorian, though. Oh, true, true. It's going to be one of those two. But we're going to be talking about Rise of Skywalker next month. So look out for that because we're both extremely excited for that movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Um, you have anything you want to say? <laughs> um, nope, just thank you, everyone who's listening. Hopefully, hopefully we can keep you guys entertained. Yes. And we will see you guys next week. 
Yes. Bye. Bye.